and eight, nine, ten. All right, so look, per usual, this is how I'm going to start this off. For some reason, I just like to start off uh, my intros with a song or lyrics. I just really fuck with a lot of different types of music, and this shit correlates, right? So, Confunction said, If you are that special lover, love keeps you tied to another. That's the way it goes on love's train. Sometimes heartstrings can't be broken. You just have to keep on going. That's the way it goes on love's train. Whoo, that shit strikes a nerve. Shout out to my homegirl Tiffany because that was our theme song for a minute because we were going through some shit, some adult shit that nobody told us would happen. And... uh you know, this ties along with what um, Junior Jiskum said. Mama used to say, all right, so cool. Let's think about this. Why in the fuck did mama tell us about feelings? Why in the fuck did our dad or our grandparents fucking tell us about uh, adult relationships? Now, a can of worms has just been opened. Motherfuckers, let's face it. All right. Straight up, like always, catch me after the motherfucking break. We about to jump into this shit right here. Ladies and gents, let's go. All right. So, look, we back. Um, you are tuned into Views from a Jerk. A podcast by Nikos Davis. Look, y'all really don't understand. Like, I'm really tired of saying my fucking name. This is like a uh, podcast. This is episode five. I'm tired of saying my fucking name. Like somebody come to the rescue. Somebody. I don't care who you are. Come to the fucking rescue, man. Just give me a quick intro. I don't give a, like, just say views from a jerk, a podcast by Nikos Davis. You know what I'm saying? Throw some sauce on it. Whatever. Nigga, I'm tired of saying my fucking name. I feel like I'm introducing myself all the fucking time. I just don't like saying my name. I don't like saying my full name. All right. So moving forward. Um, I had a pizza last night. I have a quick backstory. Uh, so I went to Domino's, right? And I built me a veggie pizza. Um, it was spinach, banana peppers, uh, light barbecue sauce, and I love thin crust pizza. So of course it was thin crust. Um, I added mushrooms and I wanted jalapeno peppers. But they forgot my jalapeno peppers, and I forgot to add onions, but I did add pineapple. Pineapple goes on pizza. If you disagree, like Jamaicans say, go suck your mother. Like, just go do it. But pineapple belongs on pizza. That's that. So while I'm in there, you know what I'm saying, I bought me a lemonade, and they had cups. So of course, I like cups. Um, last night I had Pellegrino and when I like right before I did this podcast, I had Pellegrino as well. Soda water boys gang, 
per usual, always. Nigga, no fucking sodas over here, but we do like carbonated water. All right. So what I'm saying that to say this double cup of water. Keep my thoughts in order. Uh, I'm about to jump in my fucking bag on this and let's get to it. So I'm picking up like this is um, the redux of mama used to say. And, you know, redux is stunt level vocabulary. Very, very stunt level vocabulary. Judge yourself, not me. Side eye yourself, not me. I'm a Tuskegee man. I can speak however I choose. Bow down to a university that's greater than yours. Cool beans, cool beans. And let the congregation say amen. All right. So we legit moving forward. Um. I'm going to jump into this soundtrack for y'all. Childish Major. I Like You. The song is featuring Black and Drum. Childish Major is a really, really good artist. He puts out quality material. I like him. And I really like this song. The next song is Jero All Night. Jero is a part of a group that split called Fly Union. They put out great music. Um, the trio is from Ohio. They're from Columbus, Ohio, to be exact. Um, Jero split, went to L.A., put out an album. This song, All Night, is off of his album. I can't remember the name of it, but it's one of my favorite albums. Um he became really good friends with LeBron because of that whole Cleveland, Columbus, Ohio, you're playing for the Cavs type shit relationship. Um, when the Cavs beat the 73 and 9 Warriors, Jerome's song really got it was the anthem. I was happy for him. Like, that was a great shining moment. And I want to say it was on the following 2K. Um, of course, that 73 and 9 team doesn't even matter anymore because of King James. Good shit. All right. The next song is Show You Off by I cannot pronounce this young lady's name, but she's a fucking great artist. And this song comes off of her 1990X EP. Um, I think it's Re Louise. I don't know. Look, it's R.E. Space. L-X-U-I-S-E. However you want to pronounce it, because I might just say Relux. I'll, you know. Anyway, look, the song is fucking great. So the backstory on the song is um, her nigga ain't been showing her no attention. I'm guessing the nigga be like me. He has to work and shit. Nigga need to breathe just a tad. But he's not showing her any attention. Um, he hasn't shown her out on the town in a while. So he pulls up on her, tells her to get dressed. And the song is completely about showing her off, which I wholeheartedly condone because niggas get busy. Women get busy and attention just falls to the side every once in a while. And you need to show that special someone some type of special attention. Cool beans, cool bean. And the church agrees as well. All right. The last song is um, Kenyon Dixon, Loving You. I can't think of the young lady's name that's featured on this song, but this is one of my favorite songs um, on Apple Music. I have a billion playlists. Right. And I have this series called Cuff Season. 
And I think it's um, Cuff Season 7 or 8 that this song is on, and I fucking love it. The first time I heard it, I played it like 10 times back to back. And um, I played it through my Bluetooth speaker, and I just walked around the house cleaning up, being a whole badass gentleman, like to this one song. So, and it's near and dear to me. I like it. I vibe with it. So that's the that's the soundtrack. Like I'm really ready to get to the the actual content of this podcast. So yeah, you know, Childish Major, I like you is featuring Six Black <laughs> and Drum, um, Jero All Night, Re Louise or Relux, Show You Off, Kenyon Dixon, Loving You. All right, so now we get to the good shit. I got all that shit out the way. Let's get to it, right? So, I'm still thinking about adulthood. And, you know, on the previous podcast, Mama used to say, I talked about um, adult struggles, you know, and I'm still really hot about this water bill. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all because, you know, I'm being I'm, like, I'm just going to be honest and very transparent here. I really hate fucking paying that $65 and just just and just to be a nigga sometimes. Just to be a nigga sometimes. I let this $65 roll on over into the next month and then and then my bill to be 130 even. And I walk into um, the water bill place. I don't pay it online. I actually walk in with cash in my hand. I don't use my debit card. Um, sometimes I might just want to write a check just to be that fucking old school because that's what I saw my mom do. But I'll walk in. And I'll just give them 130 cash and look. Like, they'll smile. Hey, how you doing? Can we help you? And I'll be just as dry face. Like, yeah, I want to pay my bill. Um, I give them my name, my address, and I just give them my money. And they'll just look and smile Give me my receipt. They say, thank you. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. All because my flat rate water bill is $65. Like, y'all really don't understand how that fucking pisses me off. It pisses me off. (sighs) Maximum level pissivity. Like, I hate that shit. All right. So, but, you know, to get back in the grand scheme of things. How come... Nobody told us or gave us a hint, a clue, threw us any type of bone about adult relationships. Dealing with the opposite sex. um, Spouses, girlfriends, situationships. Nobody told us anything. We had to figure this shit out by ourselves. And a lot of us have done terrible jobs. Myself included. Myself included. I'm not generalizing this. I'm being very specific. A lot of us have done terrible jobs. But who, like, can we blame someone? Can we? Is it fair? The same way nobody told us about being grown, we was in a rush to do it, 
And I'm guessing like this was a part of it. Like this was the whole other half. Like nobody explained this to us, right? Like this shit is relationships, bro. Sis, ladies, gents. Relationships as an adult, man, this shit is the worst shit ever at times. This shit is very hard. It's very demanding. Like nobody explained in detail. And I wish I wish someone would have explained in detail how you must give of yourself inside a relationship. It's not I, me, and my. And that's something that I struggle with because, like I said, I have a very big family. But out of my mom's kids, I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. I was raised by myself. There's a significant um, age difference between me and my other three peers or well, my other three siblings. So them motherfuckers was damn teenagers and fucking grown. Nigga, I'm in the house by myself. My sister lived with my grandma. Um, because she was a little bit older. My my other two brothers were fucking grown. I'm the baby, like legit. All I know is I, me, and my. And one of my biggest problems is fucking compromising. Is compromising and seeing things from the other person's perspective. And um, what what is the word I'm looking for? It starts with a C. Con. Con something. Look, I can't fucking think about it. But anyway, compromise. Compromise is very compromising is very hard for me. Because all I know is me. But it's something that I have been working on. And it's something that I don't struggle with as much now. All right. You know what I'm saying? But we all have our struggles. So I do have a list of shows. I do just have a list of shows that we all grew up sort of watching. And um, they have interpersonal relationships and it touches the aspect that we all go through now. Like we have our group of friends. We have our significant others, our significant others inside of group of friends like, oh, they done messed around. So, you know, there's some slick shots going to be took here and there. Or if it's a kick, we all get together and they them two slide off. We already know what's up. Like they done got down before, so let them do their thing. The first show is Seinfeld. You know, we got Jerry, we have Elaine, we have George, we have Kramer, right? George, I feel I feel as if he's more relatable somewhat because the motherfucker had a job. We saw George going to work. Work for the Yankees made okay money, I guess, but that nigga lived with his fucking parents, and like most men, that nigga talked himself out of a lot of pussy, he talked himself out of a lot of ass, but the motherfucker was a creep too, my favorite um, line from Kramer is, how you gonna hit me with the, and I'm not quoting this verbatim, but how you gonna hit me with the, it's not you, it's me, like, that's my shit. Like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I just like that. That that reminds me of asshole myself. Then there's Elaine. Elaine is the only homegirl. Her and Jerry tried to have a thing. 
her and George almost had a thing. Then there's Kramer. Kramer's just that friend. Kramer had women, though. Kramer is almost a fuckboy because he went behind Jerry a couple of different times. After Jerry went out on dates with certain women, Kramer just fucking scooped him up. No, no, um, not by his own, but just being him fucking self. He just picked him up. They dug him. I'm pretty sure he fucked. Then he dropped him off like, oh, no, that ain't what I really want to do anyway. Like, I'm fine by myself. And then there's Jerry. Jerry's the comedian. We never saw this motherfucker work for real. He was always at the house kicking it. You know, him and Elaine, they had their fling, tried to. Um, one of my favorite Wale songs um, featuring SZA, The Need to Know. And it starts off with an excerpt from... Um, this particular episode and Jerry and Elaine were like, you know, we're friends. We can do it. You know, and of course they talking about fucking. They wanted to. But it was also dealing there. So what did we learn from that shit? Nothing. Just how to have interpersonal relationships with friends and sometimes with, with sometimes within a group of friends, people going to date. You know, I ain't learned nothing from it for real. That shit. I just like the show and I thought some of us could relate to it. If so, okay, cool. If not, well, fuck it. I still like the show. My next show is Golden Girls. This is strictly for women. You have uh, Dorothy, Blanche, Sophia, Rose. Blanche was a whore. Blanche was the whore of whores. Blanche stayed with some dick. She stayed with a nigga. Blanche reminds me of Sandra Clark from 227. Sandra had plenty of niggas. Plenty of niggas. Rotation. A mean rotation. Like Blanche's husband died, I think, and she just lived her fucking life. A nigga stayed at that old ass box. And she stayed giving it up. Rose, um, she was bland. Ah, oh, Sophia, I don't remember. Oh no, I like Rose. Rose was divorced. I think. I think she had a kid or her husband died. Some type of shit. Women, y'all know how y'all relate to that. In a group of friends, everyone knows who is who. Know who's the one that's gonna fuck. Who's the one that's gonna watch out for everyone? Like, girl, I don't know if you need to do it. Child, you better think about that nigga. Like, I don't know. If you're going to fuck him, then fuck him. But don't let it be more than that if that's not what you want. Um, Y'all know how it go. What did we learn from that? Women got their sisterhood shit. They got their sisterhood shit. And the common enemy is the nigga. Unless he's the good nigga. And, but even a good nigga is a fox at times or a wolf. Um, my next show, and this is a show that I can fucking relate to. We have Martin. We all can relate to Martin, especially Martin and Gina's relationship. So my favorite episode and the episode that I really want to dig into is when um, what happened, what happened, what happened? Oh, so Martin 
It was the episode. It was in the first season. Martin was on the radio and he was talking about, you know, oh, my girl, if, if I tell her how to, if I tell her to jump, she says how high or some shit. And her and Pam, Gina and Pam are in the office. You know, so everybody's sitting around listening to Martin's little little fuck show or whatever. Um, speaking of, what time did Martin work? Did he get off at like three o'clock every day? That's something to think about. Oh, well, anyway. So, um, of course, they, they come back to Martin's apartment. Martin's in the house. Uh, Cole and Tommy are there. And, and Tommy tells that nigga, like, yo, Gina gonna fucking hurt you. Like, nigga, Gina gonna, Gina really gonna fuck you up because of what you said on the show. And Martin reminds me of myself because he blew that shit off. Like, what? Nigga, please. Gina be all right. She know I'm just fucking off. Like, she's gonna be fine. Gina and Pam enter the room and it's boom, World War Three. I don't know if Martin said to the room or Gina said to the room, but they got in the room. Right. And this is where I can relate because I talked the most shit. Martin got in that room. He talked his fucking shit. That nigga owned that shit. He owned it. Anybody that knows me personally. They know, they can tell you, oh, that nigga talks so much shit. He talks a ton of shit. So Martin and Gina are in the room. He's he's popping. He's going hard at it. Gina says some shit. He was like, yo, get out. She looked like, nigga, what? He said again, like, yo, step. Shit. Gina touched that jaw. Gina, 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 Gina. Nigga, that's me. That is fucking me. You... Tell me you finna be gone. Tell me we done. Watch the fuck how I straighten up. After I done popped so much shit, after I don't care. I like I don't care. You do what you want to do. We like it's this, this, and the third. I'm gonna talk the most shit. I'm gonna talk the most shit, but. The point of that episode to me that stood out is that nigga didn't want her to leave. And when it was and when when she put her cards on the table and she showed her hand, like nigga, I'll leave this bitch. I'll I walk clean away from you. That nigga said, Nope. No, you won't. That nigga folded. His his wall of cards fell. All that tough macho man shit was clean out the door. It was clean out the door. And and so, furthermore, when I think about that particular episode, I ask myself, like, and this is one thing that I notice about Martin a lot. Um, and it's not just Martin. It's other shows that I have written down as well. But Martin really sticks out. And, and uh, yeah, Mar- I'm going to stick with Martin. Martin really sticks out because Martin never really opened up to Gina. He never told Gina how much he appreciated her. And much like us men, and I'm not generalizing, I'm making this very, very specific. A lot of us men, we don't open up. And who I can't say that someone's to blame. That's just some shit that we weren't taught. Like our Uncle Marvin didn't tell us that shit. That nigga was a fucking player. Our cousin Keith, the cool nigga, the one with all the game. 
or what we thought was game, that nigga ain't tell us that shit either. Ain't nobody tell us. Like, Uncle Carl, nigga ain't tell us that shit. Only thing we know is niggas poke your chest out like a man. You know what I'm saying? You walk with your chest out, your head up, and you walk with confidence. And don't you ever tuck your tail. That's what we know. But Martin never showed a sensitive side to Gina until um, he was about to propose and when they got married. That That's the only time I can remember versus Jamie Foxx, the Jamie Foxx show. And the roles were vice versa. Well, let me let me retract real quick. Gina always showed affection to Martin. And much like women, women always show the most affection. They show their appreciation. They show their sentiment. Like, let's look at what Gina did, right? Gina bought the, like, and I thought this was sort of whack, but she bought that nigga an ass sculpture. And they did him and him and Tommy did the butt with it. Like even I wouldn't know how to like what. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, I don't know what to do with it, but I'll I'll, I'll keep it shined and shit. But once you, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to do with an ass sculpture. Much like Martin, I might have been ignorant to the fact that this is legit art. But Gina showed her sentiment. She always thought of Martin first. Like relationships, women always think of us first. And it's not that um, we don't think about women. It's just that we don't know how to. We don't know how to show that that sentiment at times. You know, like I said, we weren't taught to do that. And that's something that we as men just may fucking struggle with. Showing sentiment, showing affection. Let's look at Jamie Foxx. And this is what I liked about the Jamie Foxx show. This is what stands out to me with his relationship with Fancy. That nigga, Jamie, always, he had his heart on a sleeve. He always had his nose open for fancy. He went out of his way for fancy. The roles were reversed. Like, fancy was like, yeah, nigga, whatever. Like, I got other niggas like you cute. Like, you know, I know you checking for me. And much like men, like us men do like, okay, I know she down with me, so I go do this. You know what I'm saying? I know she loved me, so I can get back. Or, you know, she's always going to love me and, you know, whatever else. But I know if don't nobody else love me, she does. And, you know, you get all tore up about that shit because you start to realize, like, I should have been there. Like, I want to be there. But that's how fancy was towards Jamie until it was two times until Jamie fucking blew up his tour uh, by being a fuck boy with Casey and Jojo. And when he fucked around and took her from the doc, uh, from took her from Silas, which was a whack ass nigga. 
I think all whack ass niggas deserve to lose their woman or someone they're pursuing to her ex. Like, you a fuck boy. Nigga, you whack as fuck. Like, you whack. I, I'm telling you, look, sidebar, whack niggas deserve the worst pussy. They deserve the worst sex. They just deserve the worst. Whack niggas are terrible. They deserve to, like, whoever, they deserve, like, the woman des- deserves to go back to her ex over a whack nigga. No matter how much interest and potential he shows, that nigga's whack, and he's not even her type. All right, so getting back to it, I just don't like whack niggas, and that's a personal story. That's a really, really personal story. If you ever meet me, ask me that particular story, and I will fucking tell you about the whack nigga situation. All right, so Jamie Foxx, um, he took her from... he took. Fancy from Silas. Those were the only two times that I remember that Fancy showed her affection and her true feelings towards Jamie. Other than that, Jamie, like Jamie, what what Jamie did and how he opened up for me, that is um, aspiration because who like for that particular woman, nigga, I like I'm a. So I'm going to say this, right? Martin, um, Martin was macho nigga, much like all of us men. We're macho. Like I said, we would talk about our older niggas, our older heads, older family members to be men. And men oftentimes don't, we know we don't show affection. We don't show softness. But ladies, listen, all of us niggas, all of us fucking men on the inside, we are gushy. That's it. That's for everyone else. And now I'm going to speak specifically for myself. On the outside, I'm a very hard outer shell. I take out the my mom. I'm a very hard outer shell. On the inside, you know how you have the, uh, the Easter candy with the rabbit with the gushy shit? That's me. I'm a fucking gush ball on the inside. I am the most soft and loving nigga in the world. Like, I'm the nigga that's going to get in the bed and become a whole-ass woman. I'm going to lay up under you. I'm going to rub my feet up against yours. I'm going to entangle my legs up against yours. I'm a fucking cuddle bunny. I'm very affectionate, and I have a lot of fucking sentiment. Like, I remember the smallest things. I remember the smallest details. Um, if we go somewhere, I keep movie tickets. I keep football game tickets. And I'll hit you with that shit two weeks late, two weeks later in a car, like, yo, just to let you know I was thinking about you. And out the blue, you like, these tickets? Like, you kept? The fact is that I kept them. And I kept them, I kept them in a remembrance of the time that we shared. Like, that's how, like, that's, like, to me, that means something. And that's how, to me, that's how Jamie was. Jamie had no problem, like, look, Fancy, I fucking care about you. You know, I don't want nobody else but fucking you. Martin, he was like, yeah, G, I love you. Like, you know, you my baby. Like, everybody know I love you. You feel what I'm saying? If you hear barking, that's my neighbor's dogs. Um, the room that I record in is very close to their yard or whatever. Um, 
But that's that's what I take from that. Like no one. So look, you're the cool Aunt Janice. What did she tell you, ladies? What did she tell y'all about feelings? What did she tell you about dealing with men? Only thing that could possibly be seen was she was married to Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles still come to all the family events, but she got a boyfriend named Tremaine. And when Tremaine ain't there and Uncle Charles is there, shit, when Janice get up to dance to her to the music, Charles gonna get right up on it and dance on that ass. And it, like all your mama's all your mama's sisters, the rest of everybody, the females in the family, they're gonna be like, we know they still fucking. Like that nigga do love her and she love him too. They just need to stop this fucking playing and, and get their old asses back together. All the men? Oh, you know what the men saying? That nigga still hitting that ass. Shit, Tremaine, Tremaine, thank you doing it. Nigga, Charles laying that shit down. You see how she act when he ain't here? And then your daddy gonna be like, shit. Shit, Janet Ty went out the other day. She ain't called Tremaine. Shit, Charles took that car. I, I, I picked Charles up and took him over there. He took the car. I asked him, did he want to ride back to the house? That nigga said no. He, he walked on up in there. So you know what that means. That nigga still, that, that's our brother-in-law. But what was said? What was said? Like, who telling us this? Nobody told us about, look, these feelings will have you running through a wall. These feelings will have you uh, calling to see if you're blocked. And if you find out you blocked, then you're going to go fucking insane. Listen, I now, now, at, at the tender age of 35, I fucking understand when the, what the hell Lenny Williams was going through. Nigga, I've never watched TV till TV went off. But I've tossed and turned that night. I've listened to certain songs and, and been over here in a in a real uh sour mood and in my feelings. I've sent a fucking 13 minute text. Like I and I went and erased it, wrote more, erased that, wrote more, and sent. I done sent those long ass texts. Why? Because of these fucking feelings. Deontay Hitchcock has a song called Feelings. These feelings, these feelings, these feelings. How you feel, 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 feel. See, he said something about life ain't a box of chocolates, but some other shit. I don't know that word, that song verbatim. But everybody know these fucking feelings. But no, like all the people that we looked up to didn't tell us that. We couldn't ask our cool cousin because that nigga had game. So I do have a quick question. So, um, and this is another sidebar. And then I'm gonna get back to my shit. I'm listening to Save the Date podcast. That's um Candace's Annie Money's podcast, right? And they had this this uh little area or whatever, they was talking about niggas having game. And I asked myself, like, yo, do niggas still use punchlines? Like Candace said some shit about you know, a nigga said something about uh like, do you play soccer because you scored a goal or some shit? And I asked myself, like, yo, do niggas still be running game? Like, do niggas still come with punchlines? 
That shit baffled me because I just I, in in 2019 I'm still curious like who really, and I'm pretty sure women do like it and it is quirky. Like that's that's a like I, I guess punchlines are an icebreaker. So guys, let's get our punchline game up. Come with a good icebreaker. Now for me personally. Um, I like to look. I like to look your direction and observe you, see what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you're smiling a lot, I know how to approach. If you frowned up, I'll quickly walk up and tell you, like, baby girl, you need to smile more. I don't know what's on your mind, but fuck the day that you just had. Smile more because somebody's watching you. That's what I'll do. And if you laughing and joking and shit, then I'm going to laugh and joke my way up into you and smile in your face like, hey, what's going on? All right, so the end of that sidebar. Back. Nobody told us about fucking situationships except for Fabulous on the Soul Tape and fucking Joe Buttons. His verse was fucking killer. It was fucking phenomenal. They told us about situationships. We ain't know shit about that. We know nothing about that. Um, two podcasts ago, two episodes ago, I spoke about fucking the OJs. You got your hooks in me. Confunction just talked about fucking uh, heartstring can't be broken. Sometimes they can't be broken. Like who told us that, you know, not who, but why didn't they tell us that, you know, look, look, let me tell you something, baby, come sit down. Usually our grandparents would do this or somebody when they see you head over heels. Somebody should have sat us down and told us like, look, you know, it's going to come a point in time where you just really love someone and shit just ain't going to go right. And you're not going to be able to leave on your own accord. Or if you leave, you come back, you leave, you come back, baby. Let me tell you something. Love ain't shit to play with. Now, I do remember my aunt telling me, Neek, you need to guard your heart, guard your feelings. I'm like, guard them? Like, protect a quarterback? And she didn't say anything else. I'm like, I think I'm like 21 at this point. I'm like, auntie, what the fuck are you talking about? I just said, yes, ma'am. Just so I can get out of her house. Only now do I fucking know what she was talking about. Because these feelings, motherfucker, this shit is real. Dealing with the opposite sex is real, especially when you care. So much shit can go wrong. It could be the pinnacle of wrongness. But we've all been a fucking fool. And you don't even want to be a fool. You be like, nigga, I'm tired of that. Like, like, girl, I'm so fucking tired of that nigga. And your girl be like, girl. Or be like, bitch. Like, come on, we finna go. Other niggas approach. You know, women, you'll go out on date. Men, we tend to fuck. Like, fresh out of a breakup, nigga, I just want some pussy. I'm trying to fuck, I'm like trying to fuck her out my life. Women trying to date out, date you out of theirs. 
Instead of us just being like, look, nigga, I, I love you, this, 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 and the third, you know, this is just how I'm feeling. Although we may not can do this anymore, I just need to get this out. And nine times out of ten, once you start expressing that shit, if the woman, if the woman is the most expressive one, that nigga gonna open up. And I'm speaking from a personal experience. That nigga gonna open up. And once he becomes comfortable with you, love, sweethearts out there, you just create a whole fucking monster. And you created a whole nother situation to where you can't get rid of this nigga. And I low-key think a lot of the times when women want to get rid of a nigga, but they love him so much, like it's hard. And I think like uh, often we are in denial about wanting to be rid and get over that particular person. Like we won't like, no, I don't want to get over you. Like I, I want to get over the shit that you did, the heartbreak that I endured. Yeah, I'm done with that. Like, so essentially, nigga, I really am done with you. And I really want to be over you. But like, I just keep coming back to you. And it's the same for, for men with women. Like, I'm just tired of putting up with your shit. Like, I'm just tired of you, period. Like, I'm tired of us. But I'm coming right back. Like, we done said a thousand goodbyes. We done cussed. You know, getting off the phone, cussing you the fuck out. She cussing you. She's cussing the guy the fuck out. Like, y'all calling each other stupid away from the phone. Like, it's stupid fucking ass. She's so goddamn dumb. Like, fuck her, man. And women, like, man, fuck that nigga. I'm finna go get me some niggas. I'm finna go get a nigga that's interested in me and wants to blah, 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 blah. Just to be like... Like a couple of days later or a week or two later, like, nigga, I still love you. Y'all done fucked a couple of different times. Like he done slow beat your back in. He done gave you that uh that slow choke toe stroke combo. That good slow makeup sex. Nigga probably done nutted in you. Like you wanted it, he wanted it. Nobody told us about this, but we fucking grown. We experiencing this shit now. So, all right, let me move forward. That's 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 my Martin and Jamie Foxx. <laughs> that's my Martin and Jamie Foxx, right? So now I, I have a, a few shows that are about marriage. And again, you know, let me put this out there. Let me put out my disclaimer. About uh, my relationship logic, don't don't take my shit. Don't try to apply my shit to your life. Don't try to understand it because I only think that my logic makes sense to me. Um, and I've said this in a in a episode before. You know, y'all thinking A, B, and C. I'm in row Q by myself. You know, let's just leave it there. This is my logic. All right, so these men is is two particular men um, and their wives that I'm gonna talk about. 
And one show is a show that's often overlooked, but it's a very, very good show. It's a very good show and a show that I love dearly. And I can relate to this character. Um, the show is Rock. You know, most of y'all didn't watch it. Some of y'all probably did. That is when Fox was at its pinnacle. Um, they still had it in living color. I think they still had. Um, <sighs> shit. The, the police show with Torres and Malik Yoba. Um, Torres and JC. Yeah, New York Undercover. Damn, that's it. So, Rock was on. And I really appreciate Rock. Rock and The Cosby Show. I appreciate these two shows because Heathcliff Huxtable and Rock Emerson, they love their fucking wives. They truly admired they showed all the admiration. They cherished. They appreciated everything that their wives did. They showed them physically. They showed them. They showed them emotionally. Now I can't say nobody showed shit spiritually because it was fucking TV. Niggas just went going to church on TV. But they showed them like from from that I saw. Like, yo, this is how men are supposed to be treating their wives. And listen, so I grew up in a single parent home. So I just saw my mom all the time. She went on a couple of dates and she brought her ass back home. No nigga was ever laid up at our house. And I'm fine with that. Um, No nigga ever cut out grass because I had to do it. I ain't matter of fact, I ain't even see niggas drop... Uh, birthday gifts off But she always had good shit She always had good fucking gifts Hmm Oh well Rock and Heathcliff So This is what I appreciate about Heathcliff, Heathcliff. Both niggas was always fucking Like both, both of them niggas Was always trying to get the pussy But Heathcliff Huxtable what I got from him was the perfect us time. Like, you know, we, we just go, we going to chill. Like, we chilling. And one thing I remember um, on a couple of different episodes, he, they would lay on the couch. He would have jazz playing. That nigga would cut up fruit. He would, he would feed Claire the fruit. She would bite it. He would bite it. She would buy it again, and that nigga throw the whole fucking apple in his mouth, and she would giggle about it. And he would nibble on her ear after that. Or he would hold her hand and kiss her hand. Like, to me, that's beautiful. I think maybe a time or two he rubbed her feet. But he cherished her. He and yo, now that I'm thinking, that nigga rubbed her fucking temples. That nigga rubbed her fucking temples. You know what kind? You know what type of stress reliever that is? Now after that, that nigga took on up those stairs and and waxed them panties. Rock Emerson. I know for a fact that nigga stayed rubbing Eleanor's feet. And he never asked her what she was cooking. 
And these these were two working class people. Like Eleanor was a nurse. My nigga Rock, Rock worked for the fucking city trash. And although his dad and his brother Joey lived in the house, that nigga stayed getting some pussy. Like he stayed knocking Eleanor head off. And he didn't do it in a way of, you know, I just, I'm just trying to fuck. I need to get off. No, he did it in a way of, I want to show my my physical love for you. He did it in a way of, you know, when, when it was that time, she a big old grin was on her face. Like he made her feel like a fucking woman. Nobody fucking told us this. Nobody told us whenever at whatever tender age, y'all whores, and I mean whores by niggas and women, by you ladies and gents, whatever day y'all whores started fucking or whatever age, who told you like, yo, you know, you need to take your time. Nobody told me that shit. So I was like 23. Wait, whoa. I might have been 22. I was in my last. I was in my second senior year in college. I had two senior years. My first senior year. I fucked up my second senior year. That's when I was told, nigga, go a little bit slower. And after that, oh, it was on and popping. So he made her feel like a woman. Like, just think about it. My like, fellas, listen. We all we all been there. Most of y'all started fucking at a young age. I started when I was eighteen. So I'm listening to stories, nigga. I'm, but you got you got to beat her back out. You got to put in the book. Put in the book? Yeah, you got you got to put in the pin them shoulder, pin them pin them lid back. Put her legs on your shoulder. You got to drill. <laughs> I love being a teenager, nigga, cuz we had some crazy shit to say. But now, as I got older, you know what I'm saying, I drilled, I did my fucking, I made love. But now, you know, I really, I really come to the, the realization, right? And matter of fact, it was right when I turned 30. Like, uh, maybe the second or third time I got some pussy at, when I was 30. I was like, you know what? Let me lay this dick down right. Nobody told me this now. I think I saw it on, oh, did I see it on Twitter? I don't know. I might, I don't know where I saw that, but I just completely slowed down. And it, no, I'm not saying that. I made love to everybody, but I made sure to make them, you know, whoever my partner or partners were, that they felt like a woman if I was into them. If I wasn't into them, I was just like, I'm just trying to beat this rock off and, you know, you, you can go in the bathroom and wash yourself up, but I'm about to go home. But the times that it mattered, yeah. I thought about, like, let me make her feel like a woman. But I will play her as Uncle Steve. That nigga, he ain't tell us that. He ain't tell us to make her feel like a woman. Young buck, don't you be running around here with just one gal. Your Aunt Clarice, listen here, baby. You know, get you a couple little boyfriends. Like who you like, but have you a couple little boyfriends. Nobody told us. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the bullshit that they told us. So, 
let's think. Let, let me move forward to. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me talk about Claire and Claire Huxtable and Eleanor Emerson. These two women love their fucking husbands and were always supportive. What I liked about Claire, and this is what I hate about women in general, but I love it about Claire. Women want you to go to the fucking doctor all the time. All the fucking time. There's a couple of times my wrist has been hurt. You know how many times I heard, look, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, no, I just need to put some ice on this shit. I'll be all right. No. Do I need to make you an appointment? I'm going to the doctor and I'll make you an appointment and we can just go together. Like, no, no, you won't. I don't need to go. What I'm going to do is take my ass back to work, wrap this shit up and I'll be all right. Thank you, though. But Claire cared about Heathcliff. She cared about him. She made sure that nigga ate right. She watched his fucking cholesterol. And when he wanted to sneak and eat a hoagie and he had it hid, when he went to go get it, it was fucking celery. You know how angry I would have been? Like, nigga, what the fuck am I sandwich at? Eleanor. She was the same with Rock. She listened to everything Rock had to grumble about. And Rock was a grouchy ass man. When Joey was getting on his nerves and Pops was getting on his fucking nerves about Joey. Oh, Eleanor talked Rock off of several cliffs. Rock, Rock, well, come on, baby. Nobody taught us the fucking roles inside of a relationship, how we are supposed to coexist. We had to teach ourselves this shit. I'm telling you, man, look, whoever helped raise you like they helped raise me, they set us up for failure when, when it comes to relational shit. We all want companionship, but motherfucker, How? How am I supposed to show you I appreciate you? Oh, so look, um, one of my favorite artists, hands down, nigga from North Carolina, Fonte of Little Brother, Fonte of Foreign Exchange, the Grammy nominated Foreign Exchange, Grammy winning Foreign Exchange. On his on his first solo album, Charity Starts at Home. This nigga said in a no, it wasn't on that album. It was on the um the second foreign exchange album. And I can't think of the name of it. But he was like, I'll pull up at your job with a with a 12 piece fried hard. Just to show you that he cares and to make sure that your day goes fucking good. And I said that to, to go to backtrack all the way to um, guys, let's break down our machoism like let, we can be gullible. We can show the whole ass nigga in us like, girl, that nigga. Ooh. like we can show that it's all right. And I'm saying this because I'm about to go to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and I'm going to go to Good Times because 
Uncle Phil and James were the same fucking people. Neither one of them niggas showed their wives the greatest amount of attention. Now, James, he had to he had to provide and work all the time. And I'm not giving him a leeway or an excuse or an easy way out because nigga, you know what? Well, he did what he could do. But nigga, come home and do more than pat your wife on the ass. Like, okay, you making four twenty five an hour. Nigga, go grab a, a three cents card. You can do that. Uncle Phil, all he did, and this is all Uncle Phil did was fucking buy stuff. That nigga bought happiness. He bought Aunt Vivian's happiness. Florida Evans, man, fuck Florida, her ugly ass. But Florida, what I do appreciate about Florida, Florida made that household run. Like she did her due diligence as a woman and as a mother. But as a lover, she was a fucking prude. I wouldn't be surprised if James was knocking uh, Walona's whole back in. I wouldn't be. That nigga probably dreamed about Malona. But those two were the same men. Just at different ends of the spectrum. They were the same fucking men. Yeah, they love their wives. They love their families. But their whole premise was, let me provide. Let me make sure things are right in the house. Their wives, pretty much the same as well. Neither one of them worked. Neither one of them worked. Both of them were at home all the time. Um, Uncle Phil's house was clean because they had a butler. James and Florida's project was clean because fucking Florida stayed at home all the time and washed clothes. Like she didn't have to do shit. She was overly conscious and trying to be uh, righteous all the time. She wasn't as supportive. And Vivian was the same. Vivian was like, well, Phil, that's what you want to do. But this is what I think. But do what you want to do. Those were the same fucking families. Just one is rich, one is poor. And I learned nothing from them. Except for that, I don't want my house to be like that. What I did take away from James was I need to break my back and work. Like, I need to work. I don't never need a vacation. I need to always fucking work. And make sure that it's something to the side for a hard time. I'm glad I ain't learned shit from Uncle Phil. Let me give you this and give you that. And, you know, okay, you happy. You all right. And then I could squeeze my big ass off of some pussy. Nah, it don't work like that. Back to the Jamie Foxx show. The uncle and aunt. Um, aunt uncle Junior. Aunt Helen. 
Helen, this is what I liked about Helen. Helen, to me, was a modern-day woman. She made sure shit was handled. Junior, take this money to the bank. Don't you go here, here, and here. Nigga, go put that money in the bank and then bring your ass back. Junior, he was a typical man. Let me fix some shit around here. I ain't finna pay nobody for the damn shit. I got a book. I, I can YouTube it. I ain't finna pay that nigga. It'll be terrible. Heathcliff Huxtable did the same shit. But Junior and Helen, this is what I liked about them. They were still in love at the tender ages of early 60s. Oh, Junior was still trying to fuck. I love that. I love their chemistry together. So with Rock and Eleanor, the Emersons, um, Claire and Heathcliff, the Huxtables, and Uncle Junior and Aunt Helen, I don't know their last names. The three of them were really, really good couples. And I learned from them. But bringing it more realistically, because I couldn't grow up on TV. What I saw from my friends, parents that were married was almost the same thing, except I didn't see the. Uh, I ain't see them kissing and hugging. I saw the, you know, hey, baby, go take that bill. Or, baby, I put that money right there. Or, hey, remember now, I'm about to go to work. Like, remember, go pay that bill. I done wrote the check out. All right, baby, I'll take care of it. I saw that. I saw that type of teamwork. But nobody fucking showed me how to interact how to make sure that a relationship is good oh one more show family matters i learned nothing from carl winslow i don't know his wife's name because that was an odd ass family it was too many fucking people living in that house like it was just too many his mom her sister Fuck, uh, got rid of that one girl. She became the porn star. Like, man, fuck Family Matters altogether. It was a weird fucking show. I shouldn't have brought that fucking bullshit up. All right, but to bring things in the grand, in, in a grand scheme, right? To put it, put, to put this all on a pedestal. Rock, Bill Cosby, well, let, not, let me not say Bill Cosby. Rock, Heathcliff Huxtable, and Uncle Junior. What I really gained from those three men was it is okay to show appreciation and admire, truly admire and have, and have the utmost admiration for your wife. And that, like to even make it personal, I think about um, three or four good friends of mine, my nigga Norris, my nigga Josh, not Josh I always talk about, not the nigga I work with, but my nigga Josh, my nigga Marcus, and my nigga Dave. Like those four right there, you know what I'm saying? And yes, they are Tuskegee men like myself. So, you know, I just want to throw that in there. Again, bow down to a university that's greater than yours. Side eye yourself, not us. Thank you. But those four men right there, they love their fucking wives. 
And each time that I talk to them, you know, we have our personal, our personal conversation, our man conversation, our guy talk between us. You know, one thing that I grasp from each conversation is, nigga, I love my fucking wife. And I'm going to take care of her. Like, and I, and I, I hear this from them niggas. Like, I'm her protector. And deep down in the very depth of my soul, whatever my wife had out there looking ugly, love bug, just know, nigga, I'm going to fucking protect you. I'm going to macho ass nigga. I'm going to knock a nigga out about you, over you. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, do everything that my four niggas do. I'm going to do it better, though. But those four men on top of Rock and Heathcliff bring me to a point. They bring me to a point of no return. And it makes me think about fucking Maxwell. It makes me think about what Maxwell said in Fortunate. Like, just take a minute and pause this shit. Go and look up Fortunate. Like, that's my shit. I fucking know what he said in Fortunate. Fortunate to have you, girl. I'm so glad you're in my world. Just as sure as the sky is blue. I'm blessed the day that I found you. Man, y'all better stop fucking playing. So through all the swampy bullshit, through all of the, the jungle of confusion and lostness and what the fuck do I do as an adult in a relationship, nigga, you do what fucking Maxwell just sung about. You cherish the fucking day that you find your thing thing. But nobody told us this, so uh, let me not get too excited because I'm getting excited over some shit that I've listened to my niggas talk about. And, and over two fictional characters. I think about what Kim said and I can't stop loving you. I can't stop loving you. No matter how hard I try. Some shit. I can't hit that fucking note. And I can't look that ugly when I'm singing. But that's what I think about. Like, think of those motherfucking niggas was open. Them niggas opened their whole chest cavity up like an autopsy. About their about a particular woman. But again, nobody told us as men, nigga, it's all fucking right to feel like this. And for women, nobody has just really explained, in my opinion now, like remember, this is my opinion, my logic, how to embrace such. Because a lot of a lot of women are out there like fancy running from that shit. And it's been a lot of it is because, you know, niggas like my old self have fucked over them and fucked them up or whatever. They have they have relational wounds. They need relational calamine lotion to to soothe that shit out. And a nigga like my new self to come along and kiss it like, hey, fuck that. That's beautiful right there. 
I appreciate this scar in your life. But Maxwell and fucking Kim. Uh, I think it was Fat Luther Vandross, Skinny Luther. No, it was Skinny Luther. Skinny Luther said, baby, baby, don't you know that? This nigga said, don't you know I love you? So, although it, it wasn't told to us per se in a verbal manner from people that we can relate to, motherfuckers put it in the atmosphere for us. Women, it was put in the atmosphere for you as well. But we, I mean, we're human. So this type of shit, you just, you got to be 30 plus to really comprehend and understand this. This isn't one of those things where, you know, women mature faster than men. So you can learn this shit at 26. Man, go sit your 26 year old ass the fuck down. This is legit 30 plus in my opinion. Confunction said. You know what? No, the OJ said, you got your fucking hooks in me. Confunction says, sometimes love strings can't be fucking broken. This is what was said. And I really want you to fucking listen to, I hate my fucking neighbors, bro. I hate, yo. I hate my neighbors. Niggas love to show out them raggedy ass vehicles. I had to switch rooms. Um, but I hate the fact that, you know, it wasn't told to us by people that we can relate to, people that we can look at. And some of us that did get to see it and did get to experience that, low key, uh, I'm not jealous of that. I thought I was going to say, yeah, I am jealous of it, but no, because I like the experience that I learned from and I like the experience that I'm still learning from. I like the transition that I'm in. Let me see what my fucking time is, yo, because I'm I'm in a bag over here. Uh, It's a lot. I, I've never been here, but it's somewhere I wanted to go. All right, so look, I'm gonna cut this shit short um, because I'm going to the gym. So, what do I want to? How do I want to say this? I still feel like Mama used to say, "Take your time and grow up." Right? Well, goddamn, Mama. Oh, while I'm taking my time, y'all could have shared some fucking uh, relational knowledge to me. So what did we learn from this? Shit. Just thank you for listening to me talk. <laughs> thank you for uh, fucking listening to me getting my bag. You know, this is what and I'm wrapping this up. So. Um, like in the picture that I'm going to post for, you'll see two domino cup, two domino cups together. 
you know, a double cup of water, keep my thoughts in order. And like, this was it. Because last night when I did this podcast, I, uh, I had, I just had regular pizza. You know, it was a veggie pizza, but I was just feeling a different type of way. So I'm going to give you these songs again. Oh, yo. So look, listen to this. Check this out. Um, I would love for for those of you that do have the Anchor app and listen to me on um, the Anchor app. This is what I want you to do. You can leave a voicemail. You can send me a voice message. You know what I'm saying? But you have to have the Anchor app. You have to have the Anchor app. You can leave me a voice message. Um, and I can add it to this podcast. And, you know, you you like people that listen to this podcast will hear what you have to say um, and and be able to correspond. So I would definitely appreciate any type of correspondence, even if you get on the voicemail and be like, nigga, shut the fuck up. This ain't you. Motherfucker, it is me with your ugly ass. Um but I'm gonna give you the songs again. I do, and I do want you to leave me a message on so I can add it um, as a correspondence to this podcast. Uh, the soundtrack for this particular podcast again is, or this particular episode is um, "Childish Major" featuring Black and Drum. I like you, Jero. All night. Jerome's name is spelled J E R R E A U. Jerome, all night. Um, Relux or Re Louise, I don't know. Show you off. And again, her name is spelled R E, it's a space, L X U I S E. And again, the uh, name of the song is Show You Off. And it's Kenyon Dixon, loving you. That's it. That's really all I have. And this, so look, I know, like, real, real quick before I cut this off. Um, my time, like, Anchor app allows you to talk 60 minutes, right? Nigga, I talked through a whole fucking 60 minutes and didn't even know it. I looked down to just check, and my shit just had the regular play button. It wasn't recording anymore. And I had to run it back to see where I left off. So you may hear like a lower energy, then you then you'll hear me get back to my regular shit. That's what happened. Nigga, I'm human. And I, I was fucking talking and I was in a space. And um I lost track of time. I apologize, people. And I will say this. A lot of this, like a uh, couple of things that I'm gonna talk about in this podcast is um a vent session for me. So it's almost like a personal journal. I ain't going to get too deep. But those are the songs. Um, I'm going to wrap this shit up. Like I always say. <sighs> like, bear with me. Eat good. No. Eat clean. No. Fuck. I need to write this down. Eat healthy. Live clean. Stay good. Meantime, in between time, when you see me in the streets, holler at me, blow your horn. Hey, I will pull up on you, kick it. I'll keep uh, Pellegrino with me. Or I might keep a Perrier. I'll go to the 
uh, the Murphy gas station. Grab one for a dollar sixty nine. If I see you, I fuck with you. You want me to grab you one? I will. That's that. Um, if you if there's a local vegan spot near you, please go get some vegan food. Try it out. Give your taste buds something orgasmic. And please listen to these songs. Get your orgasm. Other than that, man, y'all be safe. Stay stay up. Peace. Peace out. Stay blessed. One time for your mind. Nikos.